0: What's going on, guys? My name is David Gimson, I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDCast, a podcast a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports formation and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SportsInfocast and sign up for a newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm/newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of SIDCast. My name is David Gibson. If you hear a little bit of an echo, that's because I'm out in a living room. Um, I'm with my girlfriend and her family uh, through the next couple, actually, I've been here a couple of days, probably another night, Um, here to watch the bowl game, here to uh, uh, spend New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and stuff like that, so that's what I've been up to. Um, wanted to get this out to you guys really quickly. I know I'm a little bit day late, but like I said, I have a lot going on. I'm not just doing all that. i I'm, It feels like I'm running around everywhere. Uh, but yeah, thank you for being patient with me. And we've got another great episode, first episode of the year for you. Um, we've been talking a little bit about, uh, in our intros, about goal setting and, and um, making sure you stay on track. Uh, I see a lot of people on Twitter who are posting about how they're going to make this an intentional year about themselves, which is which is good. Just make sure that it's trackable. Um, you've got your, something to measure, basically, by exactly what does that mean. Does it include saying yes to more things? Does it include saying no to more things? I mean, what does that look like? And if you want to kind of follow up with all this, uh, go back to the past, I think, two or three episodes been talking about this, so... Um, yeah, hope you all had a great Christmas break, and we'll continue with what we're talking about, or holiday break, rather, um, Talking back here. Last week, we talked about uh, the different areas in which uh, you need to focus on, um, which was calibration, connection, condition, con- contribution. Calibration is like just like peace of mind. Um, that might be uh, like a, a hobby that you want to enjoy or something like that. Uh, next one is connection, which is how you're going to show up with your family, uh, being your partner, your spouse, your kids, your colleagues. Uh, third is condition. So I see a lot of people wanting to um, like, run a certain number of miles or be able to be a certain body fat percentage, uh, things like that. Contribution is uh, how you're going to bring in more money. So... Um, when you go back and listen to these past couple episodes, you'll be up to date here. I said I would share with you guys mine. Uh, I'll do that here real quick. Um, calibration, I uh, as a vision. There's different levels of of doing this in the way that I do it. So the first would be a, a vision of what you want to look like at the end of ninety days. Uh, calibration is some kind of personal quality work, knowing where the where knowing where the goals are as, as they stand. Um, by that I wanted to do more hobby stuff and going from that uh, you'll have your objective of how you're going to get to this vision Uh, I was going to complete three personal projects or I am going to complete three personal projects um, and edit uh, a manuscript that I wrote two years ago I want that to be done and um, I'm hoping that uh, I'll edit it it's already done, it just needs to be edited with some small things some some, uh, macro level stuff uh, do that. So, um, and then your tactics, these are the things that you're going to do on a daily basis. So I just put edit book, uh, maybe one page a day. Uh, and this would take me probably two quarters of the year. So half the year to edit if I'm doing only doing one page a day. Um, again, these are fluid. These are meant to be fluid. If you're not connecting with, a, a an objective or with a vision, uh, feel free to change. I mean, pivot course this isn't something that you're supposed to like lock yourself into although I had my own theory about that but you you should be able to pivot within the vision that you're trying to do on the on your tactical side Um, another thing it says work on helmets in some capacity and I put in parentheses one percent that means if I just put make a decal sheet and I uh, put one logo in there that counts as one percent for me So if I just do something like that once a day, sometimes I don't get to do it. Sometimes I really have to force myself to do it. Um, So yeah, that's how we're going to do that. Connection, uh, having your relationships with other people. I want to be well connected with uh, great relationships with the network. Um, I want to follow up with you guys more. I want to see how you guys are doing. I want to follow what you guys are doing. Uh, I want to have more engaging conversations with you guys. Uh, Connection objective is to revisit or talk to someone once a week. So, I uh, don't know if I'm going to have like a schedule of that I might just, you know, shoot a message to somebody who I, I feel like, um, but yeah, that's what I want to do. Primary tactic is going to be send a follow-up Facebook message or text to one person a week. Um, probably work on the show at least once a day in some capacity there. I need to write that in there. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing in the connection category condition. Uh, able to have sufficient stamina, sucking air. I call that. That's what I call it. Uh, if you know, like if you've been running for a while and you take a deep breath and your air just goes all the way down your trachea, like, and you can feel it expand your lungs. That's the feeling I'm talking about. Um, condition is going to be run to 200 miles. I used to be a huge runner guys. I was, uh, I wanted to be a tracker cross country coach, but lately, um, over the past couple of years, it's been kind of difficult. So um wanna get back into that because I really did enjoy it back then. And I've got some big, big goals now. Obviously that includes uh wake up every morning to work out and run at six AM. That's about two miles a day, I think. Uh a little more than two. So that's what we're doing there. Contribution, having many comfortable set comfortably set aside for unnamed project thing that I hope to have done and by Saturday. Uh, Trip, business, and personal stuff, that's earned $2,000 extra by the end of quarter one. So multiple sets, preferably 10 at a time for at least $70. And those are my tactics. And then you'll have 30 and 60 day objectives. That way, like, that's why I'm saying you need to have it like measurable because you're going to have these different points after a month and after two months where you're going to revisit all these and say, am I on track? Am I not on track with what I want to do? That's why I think everything you should do should be measurable. In some way. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, if you want to send us what you guys have planned or have in mind, you can do that at sportsivocast at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, we will start off to episode number 143 of SID Cast with DJ Foster, the Aquinas Saints and uh, his sport background growing up right here on SID Cast.
1: Yeah. Um, probably like a lot of people that are in the college athletics or professional athletics realm. I was always, always a sports guy. That's always what I liked doing and wanted to do. And, um, always wanted to be playing sports and being outside. And, um, actually was probably more so an outdoorsy basketball, football, baseball player, rather than indoors on video games and stuff. Hmm. I am a little bit older, so that's probably why we still had Nintendo when I was growing up. But, um, yeah, I played I played baseball, basketball, football growing up. Um, once I got to middle school and never really grew, football kind of went out the door for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you and me both. Yeah, I mean, I was like, you know, I was like five eight and like one hundred and twenty pounds, and I'm like, yeah. Once I get to high school, I don't know that I'm going to be really uh, getting a lot of uh, looks, or, or I, I probably would just be getting beat up on the football field. So I actually that transitioned into me doing uh, broadcasting. So I played uh, baseball and basketball in high school, but I broadcasted our high school football games, um, which was good because going back to middle school, in middle school football, at least where I was from, it was basically all running backs and I was a wide receiver. So I think I had one catch um, my seventh or eighth grade year. Um, It was for 33 yards. So I had a 33 yard uh, average per catch, which I think would have led the league uh, if there wasn't a minimum. But, but no, I was I was always sports. Um, I'm from Cleveland, so I was Indians, Browns, Cavs growing up. Um, everything I everything I I remember growing up was either sports or WWF when I was like really young and during the Hulk Hogan years. So I've always been around athletics. That's what I love. Um, I, I I'm either watching it, playing it, doing it you know, working at games, whatever. So I always, always had a passion for, for being around sports.
0: I can sympathize with the uh, running back system. Uh, I too was also back when I like tried to play football a little bit. I really liked the cornerback, the safety, but mostly the wide receiver stuff. Uh, And believe it or not, are we in high school when I stopped playing, because I figured out one, like you, I'm not growing so fast 2 I'm fast. So I kind of like swatched source there, but um our quarterback went down with an injury so we had a two running back system you know the most pointless position in the offense would be the wide receiver in that so I can sympathize with that a little bit for you
1: totally and we actually had a good quarterback too so it was weird that you didn't you know you didn't throw the ball a lot but I guess when you're trying to teach sixth and seventh and eighth graders how to play football it's easier to just have the quarterback turn around and hand it to to the big running back and yeah so yeah after that I was kind of like you know what I'm just gonna go Gonna go play basketball and baseball, where I, I know I'll touch the yeah. ball at least once again. Yeah,
0: what about uh broadcasting these games? I mean, what was that like for you? Maybe even socially a little bit. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure now. Thinking back on it, you're like, man, that gave me an advantage. I'm in class with these kids, so you, you know the ins and outs of that team, right?
1: Yeah, totally. It was um, it was crazy. But the high school I went to, Westlake High School, um, had a uh, a television station um and this is late 90s um i graduated high school in 01 so this was like this was not very common from where i was from um and we had a really good tv station and um my i remember getting in into it my freshman and sophomore years i can't remember exactly when but i know like i did some like sideline reporting as like mm-hmm. a when i would have been 15 16 year old freshman and sophomore um but we had like a, uh, the station was whbs and we had a television truck and we would go to away games home games and we would broadcast from the back of the truck like there was a studio in the back of this this big truck um with camera I mean we'd have I don't know two or three cameras around I mean for a high school station it it was mind-boggling how cool it was um and yeah I mean so a lot of my friends were playing um you know guys that were a few grades above me when I when I started off so Um, It it was, it was really cool. Like, I mean, high school football obviously is is such a huge deal and Friday nights were obviously, um, were really fun to be a part of that. like I said, we'd go to home games, we'd go to our rival schools and do games there. Um, It was weird. I, I can't remember why exactly, but there was some kind of rule where you couldn't air the broadcast for like, I don't know, 72 hours after the game ended. So like, Friday night's games wouldn't be played wouldn't be broadcast until next Friday night. So it wasn't like live, which I guess was probably good considering we were in high school and who knew what we were actually saying yeah. or doing. And, um, but so it would air like the next weekend, uh, which is actually kind of cool because I could go back and watch and like kind of critique myself. But, um, yeah, that was really my first foray into being, uh, to doing something in athletics or into television without actually being a player and doing it. So, Uh, yeah it was it was an interesting interesting ordeal but it definitely got me going in the right direction and kind of just started me down this path of of uh, athletics and marketing and broadcasting and all that stuff put together
0: yeah were you looking for a uh a like a broadcasting job or internship or anything like that when you went off to college I mean how did you get into the whole sports information thing
1: yeah um yeah that's a a loaded question I so when I got into high school. I got introduced to our TV director there. Um, Actually, my grandmother worked at the high school the cashier. She was there for years and years and years. And she introduced me to the guy who was the TV director. And she basically said, he loves sports. He talks too much. Can you put him on the air? And, and, you know, he'd love to help out. So fast forward a few years later and, um, you know, towards the end of my high school career, I was looking to go somewhere for college. And I knew I wanted to... I, th- I thought I wanted to do broadcasting. And so um, I went to Ashland University about an hour south of Cleveland, right between Cleveland and Columbus, halfway through. And mm-hmm. um, so I went there because they had uh, radio television. They had a good program. Um, they had one of the few sport communication majors um, in the country at, the, at that time. And then um, I had an outside shot, at least in my mind. Uh, I, I wanted to try out for the baseball team there, and which I did. And that year, um, Ashland went to the College World Series. And so I was nowhere oh. near good enough to play on that team or any of the teams following yeah. it. But it actually was probably a blessing in disguise because it then opened up a lot of free time for me to to get into the broadcasting stuff at Ashland. Um, I ended up doing radio, television, uh, newspaper. I wrote for the school newspaper for the last two years. Um, so it kind of all just came together and uh, it ended up being a really good decision. And it just gave me a I mean, I was on the TV station my freshman year um which you know you go to a bigger school like ohio university um ohio state they they have really good television journalism programs and you you don't really do much on air until you're a junior or senior maybe um but going to ashland i got to do a lot of that stuff early on and really just kind of you know just jump right in i didn't have to dip my toe in the water you know just jumped right in and got to experience it firsthand
0: oh okay uh i was just asking if uh if like being at a smaller school, you could see it as a benefit uh, in this profession, and maybe even uh, in the sport career industry as a whole.
1: Yeah, going to um, going to Ashton ended up being a, a terrific decision. Um, it was a small school; it was only an hour away from home. Um, I didn't get to play baseball there, but everything else about it ended up being being great overall. Like I said, I I don't know that I. I don't know that i really thought i'd be doing as much as i did in my freshman sophomore years there um do, starting off just being like the sports you know anchor one of the sports anchors and and you know broadcasting a couple games here and there and then it, it it went all the way to my junior and senior year where um my roommate and i hosted like a pardon the interruption type radio show um every week i think it was every friday maybe on the radio station um one of my other roommates and I, we, we wrote for the school newspaper doing the sports section. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's stuff that you can't. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, how many people are reading the college newspaper? How many people are listening to the college radio station? But it was experience that it made me feel a lot more comfortable in those situations. Um, and, and that's one thing I can always credit. You know, looking back at, you know, basically the last 20 years or whatever it would have been. I mean, I, I also, um, I umpired uh, baseball games for 10 years. I've refereed basketball games. Um, I've kind of had a hand in every, every part of a sporting event, from being a player. Um, I coached. Um, I, I coached some years as well. Um, I've done obviously sports information, uh, marketing, broadcasting, game operations. Uh, like I said, refereeing. Mm-hmm. So I've basically anything you see that happens at a game, I've done it at some point. Um, and saying that to toot my own horn, just I think you just get that wealth of experience. Um, and I think it just made me so much more well-rounded and, and, um, you know, I'm not just pigeonholed as I'm just the radio announcer, or this is the guy who does the PA for us and he can't do anything else. Um, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. I might not be great at any of them. Um, certainly some people would say that, but I, you know, I know how to do a lot of different things and, and, dating back to Ashland that really, that really helped set me in motion for all of those.
0: So let's, how did your, your time at Ashland had come up? I mean, what was the job search process like for you? I mean, we just talked about, you had all these different experiences and how it can benefit you. Um, Where were you at with lifelike at that time? Uh, Yeah. Kind of same phrasing a question before, spare no detail for us.
1: Yeah. So in, in 2005, that's when I graduated and along with, you know, thousands of other people I wanted to get into television. So um, I didn't have anything right away after I got out of college and moved back home with mom and dad uh, for, it ended up being about a year. But um, so I was just, I was applying for jobs, sending out tapes, trying to get, you know, interviews and and didn't get a whole lot. And I actually, I interned um, for two summers with two different Cleveland TV stations. So I knew some people there. Um, you know, at least had some connections and got to meet some people and do some cool things there. Um, but didn't find anything that I really wanted to do, didn't get any any interviews that, that amounted to much. Um, so I just, I was working uh, mornings, like 5am to like noon at the, at the local rec center, um, just as a worker, not doing anything specific to what I wanted to do. And then I ended up uh, spending a year as an assistant oh. softball coach. Um, at Notre Dame college, uh, just outside of Cleveland, um, which is now a division two school. It was NAI when I was there. That was essentially almost like a volunteer position, but, um, we won the conference championship. That was pretty cool. Um, so that was just something to stay busy really. Cause uh, you know, I needed to mom and dad wanted me out of the house and I had to have something going in the right direction. And then I reconnected with, um, at the time he was the SID at Ashland, uh, Al King, who is now the athletic director there, and um, he was looking for a graduate assistant uh, that upcoming fall. And he knew me from uh, from Ashland and from being on TV and radio and stuff. And we'd call over to his office asking questions about different things for our news broadcasts. And um, so I had just I had a, a brief relationship with him. I didn't know him super well, but he thought that I would do a really good job. Um, I really didn't even know what sports information was about which is funny because I actually in my, I think it was my senior year of college. Um, I had a class that was about a lot of the things that sports information directors do. We actually played fantasy football. Um, that was what the class was all about. We didn't do anything on the computer, but you, we drafted our teams. You um, you wrote up uh, weekly recaps of your fantasy football game. You had to you know tabulate the scores with pencil and paper. Um, you had to write everything up. I guess we probably typed it up afterwards, but, um, it wasn't like it was calculated for us on Yahoo or ESPN. Um, if you had a player who got in trouble, uh, with the law that was on your team, you had to release an official statement like you were the media person. It was actually looking back yeah. on that it was actually really cool to, to be able to do some of that. We did like a fake media guide for our, for our fake fantasy football team. Um, I actually won the championship that year, which I I remember vividly. Clinton Portis had, I think, three or four touchdowns late in the 2005 or 2004 season, and that ended up winning me um, my championship game. I remember that very well. But um, not to toot my own horn there. But um, anyway, so knowing Al um, at Ashland and having that class, I did have a brief understanding of what being an SID would be. Um, but he was like, you can come be my GA, you will get a stipend. It's enough to live and eat on. Um, you'll get a free master's degree. And I'm looking at as I can, I can get out of my parents' house. I can go back to the school that I went to. Um, two of my best friends were still there. They were under, they were, uh, two years younger than me. So they were finishing up and, um, I can get into college athletics and see if I want to do this. And if I don't, at least I have a master's degree at the end of it. And I did. And it ended up, being awesome. It was, it was a great decision. Um, it kind of stunk getting out of college and having a a quote unquote job Mm -hmm. that paid $6,500 for a year. Um, but, uh, I lived in a, in the basement of a guy's house, um, got to walk to work every day, didn't spend a ton of money and, uh, and had a great time and really got to figure out what being in college athletics was all about.
0: What were some things that he had you do that maybe you weren't expecting to do, or maybe were a little bit difficult to learn? I mean, I'm sure statistical software is pretty tough, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, picking it up, you know, the first couple of times you do it, it's just like you know, it's like Chinese if you don't if you don't have any idea. Um, you know, I was pretty comfortable with the recaps. Um, he took, I remember Al took um, some of the, the the more I don't want to say difficult sports, but the, the sports that aren't as common. We had wrestling there. He did swimming and diving, Um, might have done like tennis, stuff that like I wasn't, I didn't know. I knew knew baseball, I knew basketball, I knew football, I even knew some volleyball and soccer, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know any of those other sports. Um, Yeah, there there wasn't really anything that was like totally crazy. It was just like everything felt just like a a whirlwind at some points um, because it was just all brand new to me. Um, I do remember the second year I was there, we hosted, uh, Ashton hosted the, um, the NCAA division two national softball, uh, championships. So the college world series, essentially uh-huh. And we hosted it in Akron. So it was a little bit of a drive, but we hosted it. And for the four or five days of the tournament, myself and, uh, one of the other previous GAs, we started every game of the tournament. We made the tournament programs, updated those nightly to have new programs the next morning. Um, that was like the first like really crazy um, moment where I was like, "Man, this is what it was about." I mean, we got to the the park at eight a.m. and we were there till ten p.m. and you did it again for three more days. Um, so that was a really good like litmus test for if I was actually going to want to do this moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess my next question would be: You you got you graduated college. You had this uh, kind of what's it called? not like a benchmark, but expectation uh, that I'm mm-hmm. going to get a job in TV. Um, but you ended up spending a year, uh, work, like as you said, working at a rec center. Nothing wrong with that. But when you came back right. to college, I mean, did it did it bother you at all that you were a little bit older than than I'm, – I'm sure there was a little bit of an advantage because we do talk to some people who are literally the same age, if not younger, than their athletes as a GA. But did it bother you at all to be a little bit older, um, still in school?
1: It was different, um, especially being at the school I was already at. Like if I would have went yeah. to another school across the country and I wouldn't know anybody, yeah, not, not, a, not a huge deal. I actually think it helped me a little bit just from a comfort standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I got in my classes, you know, I'm taking master's classes. So I'm with teachers and principals and superintendents. And, you know, there was like a group of four or five of us, um, basketball GAs and a couple other ones that we just kind of all pooled together. And we, we were just that was kind of our group for those two years um it was a little bit different um but i actually think just overall from just the comfortability standpoint it was nice going back to where i knew some of the same people i knew some of the coaches and you know i wrote like i said i wrote for the newspaper so i I interviewed some of them from time to time so um i think it was it was good for me to just be able to ease my way in and not spend the first year just getting to know everybody and meet everybody and then you're gone a year later so um it actually ended up being like a perfect situation for me. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what would happen with the television jobs. I imagine I would have had to take something in like, you know, South Dakota doing weekend news for $15,000 a year. Um, and this ended up being a much better option for me. And I'm, I'm glad it happened the way it did.
0: Yeah. So now kind of the same question that I asked you earlier, you were done with Ashland a second time around. Um, right. so what, I mean, were you were looking around a little bit, we talked about a little off air about the lake, the grand Valley state Lakers a little bit. I mean, how'd you get, what was your steps after that for you?
1: Uh, I got lucky. Um, I remember rather vividly, it was like February or March, um, of my second year. So I only had a few more months left to go and I'd been sending out resumes and um, had a couple leads, but um, nothing that really seemed guaranteed. And then um, Al, uh, again, who I'll talk about a lot here because he's, I, I basically owe everything I have uh-huh. to him uh, getting into college athletics. Um, he, he brought me into the office and said, Hey, there's a, there's a job going to be open opening at Grand Valley state. And I was like, "hope" oh, Man, because um, I, because he, one, one of the cool things that Al would do is, um, especially since I love basketball, so that was, it was fun for me. He would send me on, on the road trips with the basketball teams and I would go and um, back then that, you know, this was 2006, 2007, wireless internet wasn't great. Um, you know, if you needed to do something, I'd be plugged into the wireless in your, or in the, to the ethernet in your hotel room. I remember writing a story from the hotel room being plugged in. Um, basically, so I, when I would go to games, I wouldn't be doing like social media and that stuff. That didn't really exist. I'd be keeping an official scorebook. Um, and I didn't know if what I was doing if I didn't know if I was doing it right. But it was fun to go on those trips, see those other schools throughout the GLIAC, um, you know, and make those trips and meet some people and just kind of get an eye for what these other schools had. So when he told me about Grand Valley being open, I had been there before. Um, I had met a couple people there just briefly, but just at least had an understanding of where it is, what it is, what a powerhouse it is. Um I was like, Wow. Um I told him obviously I was interested. So he talked to who would then be my um my future boss, uh Tim Knott, who's who's still the uh the head S I D there, um, and that just got my foot in the door. So um I've told this to people before. I think over a hundred people applied for the job that I got. And I don't know that I was the right person for the job, but I had the had the right connection. Um, I got my foot in the door and then I didn't screw up the interview. So uh they kept me around there for nine years. But uh, it was kind of a, a, a weird um, sequence of events, how it all how it worked out. But, um, yeah, it, it was awesome, though. You talk about
0: being there for nine years. It seems like nowadays, I, I mean, at least in my Twitter feed, people are getting jobs left and right. They, they're staying at one place for two, three, sometimes not even a year, and then they're bouncing. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to those? What's a benefit to you, do you think? Uh, sticking it out that long uh, and now it seems like people aren't really doing that
1: you know it was funny because I actually thought about that kind of a thought process when I was there because you know I went to high school and I go to high school for four years and it's like okay I'm gonna go to college well then I got to Ashland and I went to Ashland for four years and it's like all right well now I gotta leave and go get a job I got the job or the GA spot at Ashland and I'm like well this is a two-year thing so I'm here for two years and then I'm I'm moving on right I see what you're I got saying. to, go to like there's no deadline. Yeah. You know, there's no, you have to leave after year two or year four, like in college or in high school. So it was weird. It was almost like, as long as I don't screw anything up here, I'm going to be here for a while, I guess. And, um, I don't know. I I think you can really, certainly from an SID standpoint, you just get so much more knowledge and, and background and history of the school that you're working for and the teams and the coaches and the programs and, um, you start to know alumni and you're talking about people in the record books and now you actually might get to meet them at a game or you get to see them or you're starting to make sense of, Oh, that's who this person is. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I, it, the, when it first really hit me, I think is when I realized um, I was there for uh, an entire freshman class to graduate. <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw them through, I saw them through all four years of their career and then I did that like three or four more times. Um, that, that was really weird to me. To be able to do that, um, be there for an entire person's college career, because I obviously hadn't done that before. Um, And then even when I got into broadcasting at Grand Valley, uh, which again was kind of a fluke thing, broadcasting guys and girls on the basketball teams as freshmen and then calling their senior day game, you know, it's just like, where the heck does the time go? Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you find a place that you really like, um, you know, stay at it enjoy it, be there as long as you can, if it makes sense to you and your family and your friends and, um, depending on what your situation is. And, uh, I just think you can get so much more of a connection, you know, to the school. Um, my first year at Aquinas, it was a lot of a feeling out process, um, kind of meeting people, learning procedures and policies. And then, and now I'm in year three and I have a much better grasp of, of that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll tell, I'll say this We're about getting to know the people and everything. I wish my, I wish I could have stayed at USI forever, to be honest with you. I always think down the back of my head. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I like the parents so much, Eschweiler cookies, miss them. Uh, she used to bake cookies for us, her mom, and uh, <laughs> leave them for the staff right. and... Uh, <laughs> Those are my favorite basketball days, and I and I miss that. And I I mean, if you were to leave someplace after two or three years, you might not get any of those cookies. Nobody would bake them for you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, think of the cookies here, guys.
0: It's important stuff. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. How did your job uh, description or role kind of evolve? You mentioned being into broadcasting again, kind of on a fluke a little bit. I mean, how did that work for you?
1: Yeah, it was kind of it kind of came full circle. So because at one point I was like. You know, I was really excited to be in college athletics and, and doing what I was doing and, and working at games and, you know, get, kind of getting that, that high, you know, working at a basketball game or football game and getting the buzzer beater or whatever it might, might be. But it, it did kind of come full circle. I think it was like year, I don't know, three or four when the guy who was doing our basketball broadcasts uh, moved over and started doing our football ones. And he didn't want to do football and basketball. And he had three kids and he was doing, you know, he had another job and all this stuff. So they asked me. Because they knew that i used to broadcast and um i don't remember how quickly i said yes but i think i, I jumped at the at mm-hmm. the opportunity to do it um so i basically went from my first couple years i did uh, i was the volleyball contact i was um i think it was i was one of the basketball teams contact softball i think i did cross country maybe maybe golf as well um we had a pretty big office, but we still had twenty sports. I think it was when I first started. So I was, I was but I was basically just sports information. I did stats, I did recaps, worked at games, yeah. social media, that sort of thing. And then, um, like I said, it was like year year four, year five, I mm-hmm. think, um, when I was presented with the opportunity to do the do the basketball games, and um, I just I just jumped at that, and I and I loved it. Um, a lot of travel and and um, and late nights and and road trips and stuff, but. Uh, thankfully my girlfriend at the time now my wife was was cool with that and she probably was okay with yeah. me being out of the house for a couple of days at a time but um I, I really enjoyed it I, I got so much closer with the teams and the athletes there and just got you know I love basketball so that was a huge thing for me and getting to go on the road with with them like I said it was all those gyms that I had been to years ago as a as an Ashland GA and now I was doing you know radio broadcasting and um so that, that was really cool I I I it was fun for it to all come for full circle, even though it took, you know, eight years or 10 years, whatever it was, before uh, I got to actually use my degree for what it was meant to be.
0: Funny how it all works out, huh?
1: Yeah, right. Um,
0: so, I'm trying to think here. Managing someplace like Ashland, whether it be brand image, whether it be PR, whether it be social media, or even on the air or whatever, um, what's that like? Because... What I try to explain to people here is that there are some D2 schools that you never even heard of, and then there are D2 schools that you have heard of, like Grand right. Valley, that's occasionally in the conversation of moving up even. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it, what's it like managing that, even being a small school and having that kind of notoriety?
1: So when I was at Ashland, it was, like I said earlier, it was, it was back in, I think I was there, 06 to 07, 07 to 08, and social media was not a thing um we still sent stuff out through fax machines um we sent results out after games through faxes we um we would do hometown releases and mail them in the mail mm-hmm. um we my first year there we had um our website um we did not update our website personally like i could not go into the back end of our quote unquote sidearm website and post the story we sent it to a guy in California and when he got around to doing it, cause he did this for a couple schools, he would post our story. I'm not joking. So oh. there would be times we'd win, we'd win a basketball game on a crazy buzzer beater. You'd go back, you'd type up your story, you'd get it up there, you'd send it to this guy and then four hours later it gets posted. Hmm. Now, it, I mean, like I said, it was, it was different in those days. I feel like an old guy saying that, but <laughs> that was only 12, 13 years ago. But, it didn't get posted on social media because there wasn't social media. There wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Facebook. Um, so it was basically just like you're getting it onto the website. But I mean, there was times this guy would get to the posting the story within five minutes. And then there was times it would be three or four hours later. And if you had a typo that you found after you sent it to him, he had to go ahead and change that as well. So it was, that was, that was crazy. Um, and like when I was at Ashland, they were good in a lot of their sports. Um, I don't remember them being at the level like Grand Valley was when I went there, but ever, ever since I left Ashland, um, they've, they've made a, a real name for themselves in, in track and football and women's basketball. And I mean, they're up in that top 10 of the director's cup every year. And I'm, I'm proud to say that as an alum, um, you know, and if when I was at Grand Valley, if Grand Valley was out of the playoffs, I was rooting for Ashland. Um, I did have a couple random, situations where Grand Valley and Ashland played each other in the football playoffs or the basketball playoffs. And those were always tough to tough to deal with. But um, I know I totally got off topic with what you were asking, but it it wasn't nearly as what you think it would be now with social media, digital media, graphics, video, all that stuff. It was, it was somewhat bare bones. And that, like I said, that goes all the way back to not even be able to update your own website, which was just crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so
1: Um, So
0: yeah, it was time to move on from Grand Valley and uh, your, career path. Once again, um, you kind of stayed in the same geographical area, I would say, obviously.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually have a yeah. yeah. So
0: what was kind of the job search process like, um, did, did this come up and you were like, Oh, this is perfect. Or were you kind of actively seeking at that time?
1: I wasn't actively seeking. Um, when I was at Grand Valley, I think I applied at two other jobs in nine years and, uh, they were both, um, big time, I guess, division ones um that I had a connection with and neither of them wanted to anything and that's okay. Um I wasn't I wasn't looking to leave there, but I had an opportunity um with a former coworker at Grand Valley who came over to Aquinas to be an assistant A D and um he worked for uh was now my my current boss, uh, our athletic director here, Nick Davidson. Um um it, his name Logan Weiss and Logan um contacted me. He he left Grand Valley and, um uh, January or February of the one year, and then it was maybe May, um, he, he texted me and asked me if I wanted to come be uh, an assistant AD at Aquinas, and I didn't know a ton about Aquinas, even though it was, it's, it's in downtown Grand Rapids, and I was only, you know, 12 miles away at Grand Valley, um, but the opportunity was really exciting, um, it was, it was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of a promotion, but it was a role change and it give me it would give me more responsibility, but also different mm-hmm. responsibilities um, as the, as the assistant AD for communications and marketing. So I've been able to do some of that stuff as well um, and kind of just run my own department. Um, one thing I've told people before is like when I got to Grand Valley, they were already at the top um, and they, they've stayed there pretty much for the last decade. So it was, it was fun getting there and doing that but and trying to keep them up there and um, at Aquinas we've been trying to build something like that. And that's, and that's different, but it's, it's been fun to kind of start almost on like the ground floor, if you will, um, and start build this thing up. And, you know, the last three years we've went from the mid twenties of the director's cup last year, we finished 10th, which is the best we've ever finished, uh, in our school's history. So, um, obviously I didn't do anything to do that, to help that on the court or on the field or on the track, but, um, I've, I would like to think I've had a a little bit of a hand in getting, getting that trending upward in the right direction. So, um, and that's kind of what was promised to me when, when I was interviewing for the job and looking at it, it's like, listen, Grand Valley's great. They've got this and that, and you know, there's championships and and all this, but, um, this would be something different. And it was just kind of the right time for me. Uh, my wife and I had a daughter, uh, just a few months before, um, the job interviews and everything. And, um, it just felt like a good time to try something different especially and and get to stay in west michigan Uh, my wife's from michigan not this area but so we're we're close to her family um so it was great i mean literally i had a a 25 minute drive to grand valley i have a 12 minute drive to aquinas so we didn't have to move which was awesome um and my wife took another job um a year or two into me being here at aquinas didn't have to move so it's not often you get to do that and and stay around Grand Rapids, um, which is a great city. And we love to be here. So, um, it just, it, it was not an easy decision, but, um, it, it ended up being a really good one and I'm really happy I made it.
0: Well, good, good, good for you. Happy to hear it. Um, so now I'd like to transition to this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. How does that sound? Sure. That sounds great. All right. First one I have for you, kind of prepped you for this a little bit off there, uh, favorite memory of your professional tenure. <sighs>
1: There was a lot uh, at Grand Valley. I don't know that I can pick one, really. Um, I remember being at the um, the uh, cross-country national race in, I don't know, 2012 or 14 or something like that. The years for cross-country at Grand Valley kind of run together. But um, I remember the, the team went uh, – the women's team won the national championship, and they finished first, second, and third individually, mm-hmm. uh, which was which was super cool. And that was part of a weekend yeah. win. Women's soccer was also there because it was a festival year. Uh, women's volleyball was also there. And men's cross country, of course, was there as well. So that was a pretty cool memory just being there and, and seeing something like that, which hadn't been done, I don't think, at any level in like 30 years or something crazy like that. Um, one that will always really stick out um, was uh, Grand Valley's softball team in 2013 uh, made it to the College World Series. Um they were, I remember going into the region, the super regional tournament um, at Indianapolis. Uh, Grand Valley was number nine. Indianapolis was number one. And they were like 53 and two. And they had, I mean, they were just incredible. And they do like best of three game series. And Grand Valley won the first game on Friday. And it was like, all we had to do was win one of the two games on Saturday. Um, we lost the second game, of course, to make it even more nerve wracking. And uh, went to game Three on Saturday, the winner goes to the World Series. We're playing on the opponent's um, home field. We had heard that some uh, fans from Indianapolis had already bought plane tickets to go down to the World Series in Salem, Virginia. That word had kind of spread uh, amongst the Grand Valley faithful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one of the players, Katie Martin, who uh, hit uh, 59 home runs in her career at Grand Valley, best player I ever covered in any sport, I think. Um, Hit a home run to tie the game in the fifth inning, I think. Uh, Why they pitched to her is beyond me. And then I remember Grand Valley winning, um, I guess it wasn't a walk-off, but they hit a go-ahead RBI single uh, in the top of the seventh inning. Um, We had twins on the team that also played basketball, and one sister hit the other sister in for the game-winning run. And then uh, Grand Valley held them in the bottom of the seventh. And uh, so they won 3-2 to and got to go to the College World Series. And that was that team was special to me because I went on the trips to Florida with them to stat their games and stuff. So I really got to know uh, that group over those four years. And that was just such a cool uh, environment and such a great win Um, to be a part of something like that. The head coach was a legendary coach who won over 800 games. Um, He was awesome to work for. Just the whole program was great to be around and to see them finally get that that success. Uh, They hadn't been to the World Series in like 15 years. That was really cool so that that those are a couple of my favorite memories um i remember calling i, I broadcasted as the women's basketball team a couple years ago went to the final four and i got to broadcast all those games so that was really neat um i think we were the seven seed in the region and we won all three games um ironically the tournament was at ashland huh, yeah. that year the regional tournament was at ashland so um, and we didn't beat Ashland in any of the games, Ashland lost in the semifinals. So we didn't play them in the championship game. Um, but two of the, one of the games we had a buzzer beater. The other one, we made two free throws with like five seconds left. Um, and we got to go to the final four in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I got to be the, the radio announcer for all those games. So that was, that definitely is up there as one of the best memories too, because that was just an unbelievable two or three weeks um, just being with the women's basketball team there. So um uh, so I, As you can tell, I've I got a lot of fond memories from my time at Grand Valley.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're fun, man. Um, what about on the other side? Do you, uh, do you have a horror story?
1: Um, I guess if we're going to stick on the broadcasting side, I can think of one right away. I've had to call at least two games um, on the, I guess I'll say the radio, through a handheld phone, like a touch-tone phone you used to have on your wall of your grandma's house um we couldn't get any any connection um through the internet through regular dial-up phones anything like that like the normal setup we would have i didn't have a headset i literally was holding a phone uh up to my ear for two hours um thankfully it was just a single game both times it wasn't a double header but um which doesn't seem like it would be that bad but and i was calling the games by myself by the way so I'm sitting there with a phone, on the phone by myself for two hours. You don't have anything covering your other ear, so you're hearing the crowd. You're hearing everything much louder than you normally would if you had a headset on. It was very, very ridiculous. Uh, it happened twice, at least that I can remember. Um, but I got through it. I mean, I don't know how it sounded on the other end. I was told it didn't sound much worse than when we had all of our uh, high-end equipment set up, which made me wonder why we actually had such high-end equipment if we sound the same way as a, as a landline phone. Um, I don't have any crazy horror stories like, you know, the computer dying in the middle of the game. Um, I've certainly yeah. had some stat problems where we had to, you know, restat a game for 45 minutes or figure out something going on. Um, yeah. I can't really think of anything other than kind of the phone thing. I'm sure there's something that I'm, I'm forgetting about if you're.
0: But, uh, I can talk to the phone thing yeah. a little bit too. Cause I was also on broadcast um, when I was in undergrad as well. So we didn't have the landline stuff. Everybody always talked about it. My my, I guess my boss, he wasn't really my professor, but my boss uh, always talked about having to talk on the Mm -hmm. landline. And we had uh, just a regular old old iPhone that would go into Skype at the station that we were doing. And there were times where um, my boss, my supervisors, uh, my dad that was listening, um, he'd be like, Hey, the the broadcast sounds really, really bad. Like it's really staticky. And then my boss would be like, take a picture of the back of everything. So what I did, I started doing it. And this is the first time I've ever admitting this. I never plugged any of that in. I just plugged in headphones and I just talked to the the Apple speaker. There you go. And you know what? They would be like, oh, wow. Broadcast sounded amazing last night. I'm like, man, this is hundreds of dollars worth of equipment. And I've got just Apple headphones. We're not
1: even using it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do what you try to do sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yep um in your mind what traits or characteristics make a good SID
1: um I think you have to be you certainly have to be a hard worker um you have to be I don't know flexible is the right word but you you have to be understanding that there's going to be late late nights late hours long weekends holiday weekends I mean that I know I still remember that Distinctly, when I took the GA job at Ashland, I was told like Al Al King told me, time and time again, it's 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 not an eight to five, um, it's nights, it's weekends, it's holidays, but it's fun. You know, I mean, um, you have to have a passion for athletics, or, or it'll just you you won't make it. You have to, and you can't just be like a basketball guy or a baseball guy. I mean, you have to you have to appreciate, you know. Volleyball and, and lacrosse and soccer and track and field and the sports that are, you know, that are, are lesser known amongst your, your casual fan. You can't just go into it being like, oh, I'm just going to be the baseball SID. That's not going to work. Um, so you have to be, you know, kind of multifaceted, um, have an appreciation for um, for those other sports. You have to be personable and communicate well because you're working with athletes, you're working with um, coaches, you're working with other marketing People, you're working with other SIDs at tournaments and things. Um, I've always been into math, like I've been always been good with numbers and things. That I think certainly helps. Um, I think that helps from a statting perspective as well, and and just kind of knowing numbers and kind of that sort of thing. You can be a little bit nerdy. I I definitely think that's a stereotype with SIDs, and I don't think it's too far off. Um, and I'm okay being a being a sports nerd. I have no problem saying that
0: works for me. I think I'm the same way, man. Um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession?
1: Um, I've kind of dipped my toe into it a little bit since I've been here at Aquinas, just marketing, uh, promotions and marketing, kind of that sort of thing. I, I, I didn't do a whole ton of that at Grand Valley because we had like a separate department that, that handled our, our marketing right. efforts, but I was able to do some of those with them. I was able to kind of assist on some projects and kind of at least see how it was done. I also was able to handle some of that stuff when I did radio and, and uh, broadcasts, you know, um, so I got an understanding of that. I, I would like to just do a little bit more of, of those things here at Aquinas, um, just kind of figuring out different different events, different ways to market things. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a social media trend that pops up or a social media network that comes around in the next couple of years that I have no idea about. Um, I remember being, remember being at Grand Valley when Snapchat came out and you're like, what the heck is Snapchat? You know, and and then Instagram comes out a few years later. So it's always evolving. So, um, I, but right, right now I would say that, you know, um, learning some more on the marketing side of things is, is what, uh, I I would like to add kind of to my resume.
0: As we're bumping up against time here. Next time somebody is in the Grand Rapids area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation?
1: Well, the one that everyone knows uh, kind of from a national perspective is Founders, Um, you know, for the beer and the food and kind of, you know, people know Founders, even if they're not from around here. Um, The Knickerbocker is kind of the, is New Holland's answer to Founders. So that's like a big one just from like a prestigious standpoint. You go in there and it's a couple levels and there's different bars and stuff. Um, My wife and I love to go to this place called Broadway Bar it's on Broadway street. It's a, it's like a holiday bar. There's maybe 40 seats in the whole place. Christmas lights. I mean, it looks like Santa Claus came in and threw up everywhere. It's just Christmas mm-hmm. lights everywhere. There's trains going around the top. It's just wild. Uh, we, t- we tried to go over there for our Christmas party last week with a couple of people and, and, uh, it was actually so busy. They almost, they almost had to kick us out cause it was so full. Um, yeah, some of the—I mean, any, anywhere in downtown Grand Rapids is is, is pretty good. There's uh, there's lots of there's sports bars. There's there's other kinds of bars. where You know, Hopcat is a really popular one that people know because that's kind of getting uh, some national attention as well because um, they have some really good French fries um, and and beer as well. So, uh, pick—you know—you just have to kind of take your pick and, and see what you like. But uh, you know, if you don't do Founders or Knickerbocker, so you say you, you've been there, go go somewhere. Like a hole in the wall, like uh, you know, like um, Broadway Bar or O'Tools is one that we we always like to go to as well. Perfect.
0: Um, if anybody had any questions for you, how to, any di- directions that they're asking for to get to these places? What's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, to get in touch with me. I mean, they could find me on social media. That's that's completely fine. Um, I'm at DJ Foster AQ on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm on Facebook as well and Instagram. Um, and then they can just they can shoot me an email too at at, Aqu- at Aquinas. Um, yeah ha- happy to give uh, recommendations around my wife and I stayed and we got married in Grand Rapids we brought our family up here so we love we love the city uh, second biggest city in Michigan Not a lot of people know that and uh, it's a really cool place for for the, the 20 and 30 year olds uh, which I'm slowly getting away from that generation but hope to stay for a little while longer
0: perfect well DJ thank you very much for coming on we all really do appreciate it
1: absolutely this was a lot of fun thanks so much